This is the Power Breakfast Show podcast series. Podcast series. Remember, like, share, and subscribe. Power 102 Digital. All right, 10 minutes after the hour of 8 o'clock on this May the 4th be with you. And today is also International Firefighters Day. So let me say good morning to all the fire officers of Trinidad and Tobago and the globe. Um, happy International Firefighters Day. All right. Uh, good morning to you, Chris. Leo Ramke soon. What's happening? Good morning to you as well. Thought I'd play a little bungee for you. Hey, it's Gallon the Fire Chief. It's bringing the flame storm from now to the hill. Hey! I'm the fireman, fire's in my hand, raging through the land. Boy, boy, I want you to bless the fire. Show me your lighters all night. Put the lighters up in the air. Give the fire no one, just bless the fire. Show me them lighters tonight. Put the lighters up, yeah, put the lighters up. Everybody know, blaze it up, blaze it up, blaze it up, start to blaze it up, yeah. Raise it up, raise it up, raise it up, start to raise it up, yeah.
put the lighters up. Yeah, put the lighters up. Everybody now, ignite, 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 ignite. Let me see them ignite. Yeah, bright light, bright light, bright light, bright light, bright light. Let me see the bright light. Yeah, ignite, 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 ignite. Let me see. And that's your kiss power choice. Thank you so much to the kiss making company, Bungie Garland. Blaze the fire on this international firefighters day. Yeah, when you run in from a fire, they're running in. All right. I know they don't have all the tools that they need. They do their utmost. So kudos to your firefighters throughout, well, Trinidad and throughout the globe. All right. Thank you so much to the kiss making company. Uh, 14 and a half minutes after the hour of 8 o'clock online, I do have a dandy Pickett. Good morning to you, a dandy. Hi, good morning. Good morning, Steve. Good morning, Paul. One or two. Morning, morning Paul. How are you doing? I'm fine, and you? Not bad, not bad. How's your dog? Oh, he's growing big, big. 71 pounds. Eight months old. Holy cow. <laughs> wow. All right. Jeez, on ages. All right. Um, Wendell, where's Wendell? Wendell? Yes. Okay, there you are. All right, and Richard is still with us. Yeah. Paul. What kind of dog are they as? Oh, boy. A big one. <laughs> American Bulldog. Yeah. Oh, he's a big I one. I want a Bobel. Oh, yeah. South African Bobel. Yeah. Yeah, I would love to have one of those dogs. Yeah. I'm not going there. You had a lizard on your bed and you couldn't even sleep, so I didn't even go in there. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Morning, Dandy. We were talking about traffic and the way people drive and, you know, and I know we spoke yes. to Brent Batson a couple of weeks ago and he said some signage was coming and uh, I don't know when, though. Mm. <laughs> well, um, I love the discussion this morning, eh? um, for the very f- the reason because of um, it's road safety and road safety is everyone's business. Um, mm. The Ministry of Works and Transport, we have been investing a significant amount of money towards road safety, um, I think over $300 million in the last couple of years um, towards road safety to reduce the road carnage. We have been seeing the successes um, with the reduced numbers of fatality. Um, people want to attribute it to, to COVID-19, but um, based on our trends from since 20, 2008 to 2021, um, we are the only um, Caribbean islands that have reached the the goal of reducing rate fatalities by 50% by 2020. And um, numerous projects, numerous um, infrastructural upgrades, um, we abided by the UN Decade of Action with the different pillars that they have where, for example, well, one, National Road Safety Council, which was just only recently launched um, a few weeks ago, about a month and a half ago. Um, road infrastructure, that is another pillar. Another pillar is about safe, safe road users, right? Safe drivers, you know, safe vehicles. And the last one is, the fifth one is um, post-crash response. So, <clears throat> I, um, Charan Tobago has been rated um, significantly high with respect to infrastructure, um, that's pillar two. Um, safe, safer vehicles. Numerous attempts were made by the government of Trinidad and Tobago to um, ensure that we have safer vehicles and safer road users. Um, the U-turn system is one of the uh, most noteworthy um, legislative uh, thing that came into place to 
ensure that we have safe road users. And we have the other legislations that came into place with the breathalyzer, seat belts, and all of those things that also assisted with respect to safer roads. With the National Road Safety Council, we already started. Um, we are, well, the chief medical officer is also part of it, which will greatly attend to the post-crash response and the fire and also police. They are also part of it. So how we deal with um, serious accidents that take place on the roadways before um, and when they get to the health facility, how how quickly we are to respond to ensure that we save the life of the motorist who was just involved in a serious road traffic accident to ensure that mm-hmm. they don't become a fatality. So a lot of work has been done. So I really, really love, I was getting frustrated too, listening <laughs> to some of the, the the responses and stuff, but what what I totally enjoyed was the fact that the callers were calling in and really expressing their you know what what they would like to see with respect to you know safer driving on the roadways and ensure that we have proper enforcement and stuff. But one thing that I find we are very weak in is education. And I, I heard, you know, Steve, you mentioned it and some other callers, you know, mention it. But I think that's the part where we are a little bit weak, you know, mm-hmm. um, in ensuring that we educate the public um, better. And I want it to be, I want road safety to be part of the language, you know, mm-hmm. of everyone, you know, when we, we hanging out, when we lime in, when we, we just going anywhere. When you're telling someone buy, you know, we need to tell them, you know, drive safely because we start seeing a number of um, road car- increasing road carnage. I think we're about uh, 13% higher than the period last year. And, you know, we just want, I will just love that to be part of the language, you know. You know how with COVID, everyone was telling everyone, be safe, be safe. Mm-hmm. But I want the driving culture to be part of it where we tell people to, you know, drive safely when you're going home, or even if you're taking public transportation, you know, go home safely. And that should who be part be, of the language. Who would be responsible for a campaign like that, Adandi? Because I agree with you. Well, I don't think anybody will disagree with you. Well, I think every, it's everyone's business um, because we are all impacted by what takes place in the transportation sector. So everyone in Trinidad and Tobago uses some form of transportation, whether you're living in the bush or not. Walking is a form of transportation. So... It's everyone's business. It's every ministry's business. It's a social issue. It's a ministry mm-hmm. of education issue. It's a, a tertiary education issue. It's a ministry of works issue, TTTS, ministry of health, because everyone is impacted by it. The economy, ministry of finance, every, every single department across the entire country, even private enterprise, they have freight vehicles. They have people coming to work. So it's everyone's business. Mm-hmm. So, you know, corporate TT should get on board with respect to spreading that message. The government could only do so much, but it should be the language of every single household, every single school, every single park, anywhere you go in Toronto Tobago, road safety should be paramount. And, and, and that's, how, that's how I see it, you know. Yeah. Yes, I do have a bias, but when you really look at it deeper, you realize it's every single person's business in Toronto Tobago. Yeah. How how do you how do you how do you respond uh, to the issue of the Macquarie PBR traffic lights in particular? Because that's now the focus of of attention from the Ministry of Works and Transport. The minister no 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 less a person than the minister went out there over the weekend. 
to have a yeah. look at what's going on there. Do you think an overhead traffic light would help? Overhead traffic lights um, would help at that intersection? Well, not necessarily. The, the intersection is very small. It's a very small intersection. Um, you have good line of sight on the southern part of the priority bus route. So the southwestern and southeastern part, we have very good line of sight. On the northern part, however, we, mm. we, it's a problem that we have with um, Tongan Country and the regional corporation. And they, road safety is also their business, right? Because mm -hmm. the only reason why people drive cars are to go to business places, to homes, to land, use, land uses. You actually mm -hmm. go into somewhere, right? So we have land uses at that intersection. One of them, and a few of them, on the north, north eastern side. North, northwestern appeared, and northeastern. No, eastern. Eastern looks illegal. Where the vending illegal. is taking place. Yes, where illegal mm -hmm. vending, and they put up some shacks, so you're not getting to see, clearly see, the cars on the northern side of the intersection, and two, on the north, northwestern side, it looked like a legal um, private residence. They have a wall, a fence mm. wall, but yeah. the opacity is not in the best um, where you're supposed to be able to look through the wall so you could see the, the cars on the other side of the intersection. So even though you are making an error, right, because mm -hmm. we don't want to blame you for how you drive and you, you disregard the traffic signals. People, we all make errors on the roadway, so it's a human error. So even though you're mm -hmm. making an error, we want to give you the highest probability or the chance of not making that error. So you're supposed to have a clear visibility at all intersections. So it's a big challenge that we have throughout the country. If you notice, every intersection, businesses want to, well, people want to have commercial activity. That's not good for road safety. It's not good for the flow of traffic. Look at all your intersections. All your intersections, and they try to take up all of the land. You can't see clearly. Now the, the same Ministry of Works have to go and buy a whole bunch of convex mirrors because the corporations not doing their due diligence by um, removing these, these illegal promised properties or telling them to change their fence wall because they are taking up the... They, they're actually going beyond their property lines and those kind of things like that, and it's reducing mm -hmm. the line of sight, what, which is also reducing the safety. But mm -hmm. um, getting back to the question with respect to the Macoya, the overhead is a kind of overkill at that intersection. Overhead will be preferred any, any and everywhere, but it's kind of overkill. I heard um, Steve mention that the height of the, um, the signals, are, they should be higher. They ought not to... They are actually at standard height. The issue is um, we have a number of maxi taxis, the 25-seater maxi taxis. They are stopping at the intersections, which right. is also illegal to, yes. for people to light the vehicles and, and exit their vehicles. So that's that's also another issue that takes place along the priority bus route. But but, but let me ask um, you something, Andy. And I'm sticking with, you, with the maxi taxis. These maxi taxis on the priority bus route. Pretty much, will they stop at the intersections? Is there anything to be going to be done regarding a, a, um, a point system? I mean, you have to police it first, but a yeah. temporary revoke their PBR passes for a period of time until they learn to drive properly on the priority bus route. I've seen maxi taxis on the priority bus route overtaking and, and shoving cars off the side of the road, and these are people. Yeah. Just these are. Um, Vehicles that are transporting people. People, yes, but but also yes, it's totally correct. As as I was saying, um, they have the three E's in this 
an entire road safety thing. We have the engineering, so that's where we do the infrastructure, put down the necessary infrastructure. We spoke about education, right? which is definitely needed so that the message could be spread and it could be part of the culture. So people within the Maxi Taxi are supposed to tell them, hey, slow down, you're driving dangerously. Well, if you don't you like it, you can come out in Maxi. That's what the driver will tell them. Yeah, but still, if the culture changes from within, they will have to change. And then also the same people, commuters, they are actually standing in poor places to, be, to access the Maxi Taxis, right? They want to be standing exactly where they cross the roadway. We had numerous maxi-taxi stops along the party bus route, and they were totally disregarded. We, we, there were no enforcement, right? So the other E is enforcement, right? You must have enforcement in order to have that entire triangle working, right? So yes, we know that there's um, challenges with, some, um, with enforcement at times, but based on our, um, the, the information gleaned from the, the Traffic Enforcement Center is like they are increasing numbers of tickets being issued. So there is enforcement, right? However, and that's the whole point of the demerit point system is to change your culture. So when these points are attached to you and you realize that there's a closer possibility of you losing your license or your license being suspended, you tend to change your culture, which is tried and tested all across the world. Well, you know, the suggestion I made earlier in the program at Dandy Rather than always looking for the punitive approach in that regard, you're getting too much demerit points, your license is going to be revoked or suspended, why not tell people or amend the law to say, look, if you get this license that, are, that crosses so many demerit points, if it's a charge or a, 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 that you are a ticket that you're getting that crosses this amount of demerit points and this amount of money, you have an option. You go in and do... A, a mandatory safe driving course um, that that instills the responsibility for you and you take a four-week course it's stamped by whatever approved authority and you can and the demerit points and the fee will be revoked isn't that more well, proactive and more well, about that changing culture that, 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 is, that is part of the program so when your um, license is suspended um, in order for you to get back into the system, you have to go through a rehabilitation program. So that system is also set up where there's a rehabilitation program for you to go back and relearn the road traffic rules and laws. Yeah, and but I'm not even not talking about getting the point of a suspension. I'm talking about the point yeah. that somebody either has to pay $2,000 and get 60 merit points, because it's both you're getting at the same time, and saying, mm -hmm. if you don't want to pay this $2,000 and you don't want to pay this 60, and you don't want to have 60 merit points, you have a month to attend this class, and once you are, and once you have completed the class, those things will come off. So it, well, so it well, starts think, giving think, those people those choices, and also yeah, is yeah. actually inculcating safer driving and changing culture in a more tangible way, rather than but always who, the big whip, the big whip, the big whip, which is what no, all governments go for. Well, no, not necessarily. Well, I, I think we were too far behind. Um, what you are speaking about is, is, is common in, in, in other jurisdictions where they have done this and the culture has changed so much where you, where you can be less punitive. But I think our culture was so bad for so long, having this first approach where you actually lose it. Well, I don't know, you know. I think, I, I think our default position, our, think our default position by the people who lead us is always to be punitive. 
um, well, yeah, oh, they, uh, they, they always both, both take ways. that as a default approach. I don't know if it's something from our history, but that's the approach we take. Yeah, well, well, from our thinking, I, I, I find it's just um, the culture was so bad. We, 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 when we change our culture, maybe in the next five years or next two years, hopefully next year or hopefully this year, we will see our culture totally changed and where we could look at a more reduced uh, approach at what you're speaking about, less punitive approach um, in, in, in with respect to this demerit point system. But from my standpoint and from everyone's standpoint, I hear you all every single morning speaking about, you know, the, the way motorists drive on the roadways. And to me, I think a more punitive approach is needed because it's really bad. When you see it, it's really, really bad. It has certain lines in this country. And I, I want to get to the line thing because you all were totally um, unreasonable with uh, respect to the pavement markings on our roadways, particularly the highways, because I know you want to have this autonomous vehicle and stuff like that. The ministry has significantly invested with um, thermoplastic operations, uh, thermoplastic machines on the roadways. What is thermoplastic? It's a, it's a machine that burns the roadway at a 400 degrees Fahrenheit, and applies the paint on it, right? They, this, you get three to five years um, longevity with this type of painting. Before, many times we were using traffic paint, which is more temporary nature, where you get six to nine months. Um, and that, because of the cycle time was so short, <clears throat> it always was, was very, um, very impossible to have all the roadways looked properly marked. So the ministry invested, which was part of the road safety campaign that I spoke about with Pillar 2, and these machines have these machines, and we have been working on this with these machines, so for, and I could speak with conviction. That's why I was a, a little bit annoyed um, with, the, with the sentiments um, this morning about the pavement, the quality of pavement markings on the roadway. But from Komuto, Right, there's the end of Churchill Roosevelt Highway to uh, going all the way up to Beetham Highway, going into Rison Road, going up to Audrey Jeffers Highway, Kokorit, into Dago Martin, Queen's Park Savannah, and from Grand Bazaar all the way to Coover. And the only reason why they stopped because they ran out of the material. Right now, the material, 72 tons of material, is waiting at the port to be cleared to continue the works all the way down to DB, right? Where the end of the highway that we already adopted from NEDCO. So the quality of pavement markings on our highways, because it's a program. We have workers working in the inner cities, Port of Spain, San Fernando, Chaguanas, Princess Town, continuously, but they are using the traffic paint. We just recently purchased 12 additional thermoplastic machines so that we could start using those within the inner cities. So by next year, what we, we were monitoring for the last two years, <coughs> monitoring the number of letters to the editors talking about pavement markings on the roadway. And since then to now, we have seen that significantly reduced where there is actually none. Hardly anyone are writing anything about the quality of pavement markings, especially on the highways. I know we have weaknesses in some of the secondary roads like Eastern Main Road, Southern Main Road, and those kind of things like that. But our highways up to Coover, going on the southern um, 
on the North South Corridor and also on the East West Corridor. There are very few places that are faded. That's where in the Bisam area and those things, because of the heavy vehicles, they rub off those um those those markings much faster because of the type of tires that they use and turn and slow moving traffic. So there are very few places on along the Beatham Highway where they are faded. But I would could say with conviction ninety to ninety five percent of those roadways that I just highlighted are of good quality paint. And we only stop and these workers work during the curfew period. And so I must um beg up the workers because they they they, they do Many a times you don't see them because they're working from 9 p.m. in the night to 3 a.m. in the morning, right? And trying their best not to, 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 to inconvenience the motoring public. So they work during those periods in the night with the assistance of the TTPS, right? <clears throat> from the former commissioner of police to this commissioner of police, they assign police officers to this duty because they are also part of road safety and they have been painting the roadways and good, good, good quality work. And so the only reason why they stopped at Coover is because the paint totally run out. We imported some additional paint, and they'll be continuing that. Um, I believe in within, within two weeks, they'll be able to start back that operations. And in, in about three weeks, they'll finish up to day and then they will start into the inner city. So road markings, I say, by late this year, early next year, poor pavement markings, throughout the country should be a thing of the past. All right? Um, yes. All right. Yeah. Um, Adande, let me ask you, is there any talks within the Ministry of Works and Transport regarding traffic passing through Port of Spain, meaning uh, Rison Road from, from the market towards Movie Town? Because to go through Port of Spain, not alone is an hour. Yes, well, we always um making, we actually have the, to, to widen, there's a capacity issue, right? So what you're experiencing, what causes this immobility? The roadway is the supply, and the demand on the road is what, because they are not, they are at equilibrium or surpass, you have the issue of the, con- the immobility that takes place, right? They, we have it fully designed to widen Rising Road to three lanes so that it could improve some of the supply so that it could have better flowing movements. Because we also have some other um, issues that we are discussing with the port. Because Rison Road and we have the port of Port of Spain, um, they have freight operations taking place. The vehicles that are operating on the roadway, they op- because of port operations, the freight vehicles are on the roadway at times where the peaks are. So, for example, we have noticed based on data collected, 2.30 in the afternoon where we start seeing a number of 18-wheelers coming out of Dock Road to enter into Rison Road, which causes a serious problem with the mobility on, 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 um, on Rison Road. So we do have the design, but it is an ex- finalized design, but it is an expensive project because of utilities. It will have some acquisition take, to take place. And as a result of the funding scenarios, why we can't um, execute that project at that point in time. But is the discussions are there to see how we could reduce some of the demand so that the, the, the capacity could, um, you could get back some of the capacity on Rice and Road by speaking to the Port Authority 
I'm trying not to be able to see, see how possible they could change their operations where you could actually have those freight vehicles operating at off-peak hours. Off-peak meaning <coughs> we, we have different types of off-peak. So um, the real off-peak is after, you know, 6 p.m. In, um, um, in the evening is what mm -hmm. I'm referring to. Adande, yes. the, the, does the Ministry of Works, I mean, because you're all out there, you're observing the traffic flows, you're observing the pressure on the roadways and so on, right? Um, yes. Do you do you all have any any contribution to make to the government, the central government at all, concerning yes. staggering of work hours and things like that? Are you all consulted that, that at all? And make, oh, yes. a, make a presentation Those, saying, listen, these are the peak times. We need to have less people working these hours or staggered work. You know, because that's that's been a discussion for years and years and years, staggered working Yes. Yes. Well, those, um, we actually were embarking upon a, a, a survey, a further survey. Uh, we have the data already of where the peaks are with, with to the demand on the roadways. But also you have to do some personal surveys, right? That is something that we actually going to start as well. So those discussions already came up with Ministry of Planning to actually look at, and they will have to discuss with <coughs> the Ministry of Public Administration to speak with the, the various unions and those kind of stuff to see how to have that staggered work hours and stuff. So it is a travel demand measure and technique that was already proposed by Ministry of Works. I, I must say sometimes things do um, fall through the loop, but it was um, those discussions took place on numerous occasions, but it wasn't really fully carried out. Mm -hmm. Any update on overpasses and what's happening <coughs> on the Lady Young Road that's taken an inordinately long time? Yeah, within a, I say within a space of a month and a half, that should be um, um, close to completion. Lady Young, I know Makoya is um, um, fully designed already and um, should be, um, well, funding is um, being sought after for to, to start that project because that will be an expensive um, project. And all the other conceptual designs show the East-West Corridor to remove all the traffic signals, which is um, mm -hmm. part of the government policy to remove the traffic signals along the East-West Corridor. So a lot of conceptual designs are already the concepts are completed after after Macquarie interchange. So we have contests of Train City, Golden Grove, all the way up Arima, um Omera. Um finalized um designs already were completed for Macquarie interchange. So just funding is being sought after for that one. Yeah. The issue of that that La Hoketa light too. Um yes. now when that light when you when when that light changes it allows the people on the southern side of the highway to take get the green first. In other words, coming out of La Hoketa, get the get the green first. But a lot of them are coming across there to turn right either into the gas station and KFC, and it causes a pileup. Shouldn't they? Couldn't they? Couldn't they reverse and let the northern side go exit first onto the highway and 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 yes. or, or across to La Hoketa? I've I've raised that issue a long time ago because it, it yes. always causes a backup there. Yeah, um, if there's one place that needs an interchange tomorrow, 
Oh, oh God, tell me about yeah. it. <laughs> tell right. me about it's it. Actually, and Foster coming said he's going to solve that problem. It is actually worse than um, Makoya. It's actually mm-hmm. worse intersectional across the East West Corridor. Yes. Um, the, because of the. It's what it, it is. It was a growth pool, you know. Government, a lot of government housing. I, I think back in the day, um, La Hoketa was the biggest housing development across the entire Caribbean ever. Mm-hmm. And then, added on top of that, you have Greenville, which is another massive development. And then a lot mm-hmm. of private development on the northern side, uh, yes. the gated communities yeah. and stuff. So that area. Yeah. Also, yeah. Also have some private developments on the southern side too. Yes, mm-hmm. oh yes, East Lake and all of those, yes. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, <laughs> so yeah. it's massive. And yeah. the traffic signals, is only so much the traffic signals could do, right? I heard someone called in and spoke negatively or um, mentioned that roundabouts are archaic. We won't put that roundabout there, but I'm just saying, the, the roundabouts are very much alive and well. I, imagine United States are still now putting in roundabouts. Because yes, I don't know what. Not, they, I don't know. I don't agree wrong. that roundabout thing. I believe yeah, in they, roundabouts. They were against roundabouts forever, and roundabouts mm. is actually a new thing in North America. Um, mm. The good thing about roundabouts, they are moving cues, traffic signals, pollute the environment more. You have way more delays, mm-hmm. but roundabouts you have moving cues, so you yep. stop, but you constantly moving which is much better for gas consumption and also the environment, right? So you have better flows with roundabouts than um, traffic signals. However, the, at Tumpuna Road intersection, the traffic signals are unable to manage the traffic anymore, and it must go at a grade-separated intersection. Grade-separated meaning like overpass mm-hmm. <coughs> intersection at that location to... to to, to improve the mobility patterns there. <laughs> so I, think you, I think you could consider reversing, reversing the traffic lights at this point in time. Yeah, Let we can, the northern we can look at side it. flow out first. Yes, we could look at it, but all legs of that intersection are totally, totally um, at yeah. capacity or beyond yeah. capacity. So if you flip it, you will still have the problem because what it will do is just absorb the northern traffic more um, and then the traffic traffic is so dynamic when you make that change motorists change to suit as well so when mm. you see there's an improvement taking place on the northern side you will have residents starting to change their times of operation because they've seen an improvement and what ends up happens they clog up the scenario again so it only mm. is very short-lived now right so i don't think that i mean that solution could be tested, but it will be very, very short-lived, and you'll be back to square one again because you, you, you change the suit. When we build an interchange, mm-hmm. <clears throat> you will see people were leaving a certain time of day, and then when they realize that hey, I'm getting to put a spin faster, it changed the peak. So you would have mm-hmm. seen the peak being at a certain time, but now I'm reaching to put a spin out to my final destination faster. You change your operations, and not just you alone, eh? Number of households mm. change. And then mm-hmm. it ends up changing the peak, and then you have a clog at a different time, and then people revert. So we are constantly changing timings on the signals over and over and over again. People don't see it, but mm. there's very little that you could do. 
but you constantly have to do it because the um, the behavior of the motorist changes all the time. When there's improvement, and, and the, the good thing and the bad thing about traffic um, alleviation or, or, or is when you fix a problem, you create another problem elsewhere. Mm. So well, at least well, at least I, at least you that, want to choose you for not trying. Yeah, yeah that, we we always we always have to try, and mm. but the, the the winds the winds are very small. If you get winds of of eight percent improvement in in mobility, that is actually big, eight percent. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. because yeah. there's only so much you could do, and I must say that, you know, I must put in a plug for public transportation. That is, um, Mr. Paul Richards. Um, um, all of you all on the show always speak about it, and you are totally correct. Great investment in public transportation is needed. Is only you can never build your way out of congestion. Can mm. never, never build your way. You have to give people that choice. And to be honest with you, I'm a little bit more radical um, in this field, and I think I'm well traveled enough to to see that <clears throat> even if you have great public transportation systems you will still have congestion, right? Because it's similar to what I was just alluding to. Anytime you make changes, people um, change the suit. Mm. So you have a good bus system or rail system or whatever it may be. Um, what happens? People get more um, confidence in the system, use the system. Some people even come out of their cars because... We have, I, I think we still have like 56% of the population heavily dependent on public transportation. Then mm-hmm. I will see 10% of people who totally use their cars sometimes use public transportation, right? So there's still a large percentage of the population who depend on public transportation. But when you make the improvements in a public transportation system, what happens? Everyone will go and gravitate it. Mm-hmm. And then one time... Someone who used their car would be like, but it's easier for me to drive now. So they will start taking the chance now of using their car to get to their final destination. And what happens now, more people will do it because they realize they get into their fight. They don't need to use the public transportation system. And then it ends up clogging back up again. But you see the thing called choice? Adande, I mean, you you traveled as we all are. If you, yes. you, you, you don't get frustrated, I mean, you'll meet the traffic abroad, you know, it, but the transportation is so efficient and so effective, yes. it doesn't affect you as much. So, so, so you yes. tolerate it, and that's what we are missing here. We are missing mm-hmm. that effective, efficient public transportation. Yes, yes. Most people oh, get most that. Definitely. I, I'm totally in agreement with that. We need mm-hmm. that. We need mm-hmm. it. We need it. But, yeah. but I just don't want people to feel that when you have it, you're going to solve congestion because New York still no, has no, it's congestion. Not, it's not solve London, it. you're going to still have it. China, Beijing still has um, yeah. significant congestion. And they have the textbook, textbook traffic engineering policies. So you still mm-hmm. have it. But you need to have an efficient and effective public transportation system running. So mm-hmm. we have to give yeah. you the choice so that you could... Um, we could do true congestion pricing where you actually really pay to use your car, you know? Mm-hmm. So. Let, let me ask you, Adanya, I don't know if you can answer it. What is the update on the transit police? I don't know if you could well, answer that. Be that. Under the, um, 
the, the I, I really can't speak about that. Right. I'll be on okay. the TTPS so, OLEP. Right. But I really can't speak about that. But the, I, I have seen the, the the reduce the reduction of of enforcement on the priority bus route um, before we see a little bit more effort taking place. Yeah. And around public transportation services like the the taxis taxis operations and the maxi taxi hubs and those things. We some more see transit police there, but I haven't been seeing that that strength there anymore. I know one of the biggest challenges. Um, they they always they are a feeding ground for the TTPS. So when you have a, a new set of transit officers coming out, they are absorbed into the because of the the other situations that you have to deal with in the country. They are easily um, accepted into the normal TTPS. Now. There's right. for some reason for me. I, I, there's some reason that in Trinidad and Tobago, there's no love for traffic policing. There's not a love for it. But for me and my understanding, I'm working in, in another jurisdiction, traffic policing is actually where you want to be because you attend to every single issue in traffic policing. For example, no crime can be ever committed without the, using some mode of transportation. You have to use either you walk, you run, you are in a car, in a, in a trans, public transportation service, you cannot commit a crime without that. So to me, traffic policing is so important in solving so many issues in the society. And, and, them you know, off, them officers it, who it, take money for FUL, they, they ain't driving away, they sit down right in office or something. <laughs> Adande, <laughs> let, let me ask you again. Um, you, you spoke about timing and traffic lights, and you could just answer yes or no. Is there a different timing for peak time and off-peak? Oh, yes. They have, they have three different max times that are um, in the cabinet, well, in the controllers of the in traffic the, signal. Right, okay. So you have um, certain areas, like five, you'll have five to ten, uh, a different time period, then you have a ten to two, a different time period, and then you have a two to back to five in the, in the morning, another time period. So the traffic signals do not operate at the same time and all the time. Something that also assists, and this is where we have a, a weakness. I don't mind admitting weaknesses. We don't have <coughs> sufficient loop detectors taken, um, functioning on our traffic signal. So even though you have set timing on the controllers, your car is supposed to activate it. So based on if there's a car not present on a certain leg, it ought not to be activated. But because of the heavy vehicles and the, the lack of enforcement of the overweight trucks, they damage the road and break the loops that are in the road, the group sensors, and we are unable to, to keep abreast with it. So we actually... And truck weight a is a whole of, different program. Yeah, so we're actually looking at a different type of loop detector which will be overhead, but those are extremely more expensive than the ones that we install in the, um, in the ground. All right, let me ask so, you again, finally, before we wrap up here. When you're westbound on, on, by, on the Beetham and you come in towards the lighthouse and you have red light to turn into Port of Spain, by the port, you also have red light. So there's a period of time that nothing passes eastbound on Ibiza by the lighthouse. But then, to turn into Port of Spain, you're still on red and you cannot proceed. 
Yeah. Yeah. You know, so I think that is one light that you all... We do, we do have a, a program along Rison Road mm-hmm. that facilitates a green wave effect that where all lights are tied together, but our off-peak hours, it's not functioning. Yeah. And, so and let me tell you... see the problem off-peak than during the peak period. So it's really designed to, to have that green wave. It flows way much better yeah. during... I mean, you all wouldn't see it, but there was a time where the system actually went down. And it was mayhem. So we still have to understand that the traffic signals cannot deal with the level of demand yeah. that we have on the road. But you know, that cannot. same turn in lane into Port of Spain, is only 10 cars can get that light. Eh? Other than yes. that, you're going to block the entire right lane. Yes. Yes, you know. we need to improve the infrastructure. Yeah. There, yeah. Thank you, Adande, for speaking with us this morning. All the best. Yeah, you're welcome. You know, traffic is, you. Is, is a hell of a thing for all Trinidadians. Yeah, because yeah, it affects where you live and where you work. It affects and everyone. Yeah, everyone. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Thank you so much, Adande Pickett, for being on the Power Breakfast Show. Thank you. And Bye. thanks for always listening and sending us our messages. And so on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all the best. Light up my phone this morning. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> All right, Steve, take care. One business, but Steve, just one one request. Mm-hmm. Before you all leave, I know Wendell say, you know, go with God, something like that, and let everyone on, has some go. ending. Yes, but can can everyone be put road safety as part of your messages on, on Power 102? We always do. So Stay left except start. to overtake. Use your finger while you drive <laughs> no, to use that indicator. Safely. Drive safely. I really mm-hmm. want people to have that part of the language. So that Boy, can, let me tell you, eh? Coming back from Grand River, going through that bad road in Valencia, I'm on the left lane going through my potholes. Cars are passing uh, uh, in the opposite direction. And all of a sudden, I look to my left, and two pickups are now decided to work to drive on the bad road, half off the road and half on the road. But what the heck is this? <laughs> you know? All right. Adande, yeah, yeah. thank you so much. All, right. all the best. You're welcome. All right. Bye. Gentlemen, take a quick break. Be right back. Do you need to get work done on your vehicle? Look no further than the Auto Champions. Champlay Auto Services. From vehicle inspection to shutdown service, they do it all. Champlay Auto Services. Great mechanics and technicians. Exceptional customer service with accessories galore. Champlay Auto Services is your one-stop shop. They are your auto champions. You name it, they can fix it. Champlay Auto Services. East and Main Road, opposite Carib. Call 662-6545 and like us on Facebook. Champlay Auto Services. We do it all. Escape the city and conduct your meetings and business activities at the Cascadia. Our modern conference rooms are the ideal space to facilitate innovative and productive meetings. Corporate packages include spacious conference rooms, Wi-Fi, food and drinks, and meeting equipment. The way we conduct business is changing, and we at Cascadia understand your changing business needs. Contact us to discuss your package, 623-3518 or 798-5730, or email marketing at cascadiahotel.com. All right, here's your Kiss Power Choice on this International Firefighters Day. Good morning to all the firefighters. It's the Firestorm Check. That's the Godfather's Asylum. We're the keepers of the fire. Breaking the heart of Zion, making them inspire. Check. Hey. They're going to jump over the wire. You want your leg, but tell them no. This carnival time is going to be a bill of a different child. Something strange is going to happen, and I will leave them all behind. Because that is when I'm disgraceful with the vengeance in my heart. And me, I'm still pulling my way. I am going to tear them apart. They tell me that's where I was to pull. 
Every weekday for our live show starting at 6 a.m. Remember, like, share, and subscribe. Power 102 Digital.